Welcome to Behavior Grooves. My name is Kurt Nelson. And I'm Tim Houlihan. Given the strange and turbulent times that we are living through, Kurt and I decided to reach out to some of our favorite behavioral science researchers and practitioners to get their take on the novel coronavirus pandemic that is shaking the world. These special edition episodes will explore a variety of different aspects of the crisis and our response to each of those aspects through a behavioral lens. We know that you may feel overwhelmed by the crisis already. It seems every news story, every social media thread, every phone conversation that we have is focused on some aspect of the pandemic right now. While the news and updated information are essential, we're going to take a different tact. We want to try to understand the science behind our reactions and our behaviors and how science can help us cope and move beyond the current crisis. In each episode, we talk with a different behavioral science expert and get their best thinking on an aspect of the crisis. So sit back, take a deep breath, and listen to our special series on behavioral science and the coronavirus pandemic. Professor Wendy Wood is a social psychologist teaching in both the psychology and business schools at the University of Southern California. Her research addresses the ways that habits guide our behaviors. She's a fellow of the American Psychological Association and a founding member of the Society for Research Synthesis. Her 2019 book, Good Habits, Bad Habits, is a great way for a casual reader to get some tips on starting new habits and breaking bad ones. But more importantly, the scholarship is excellent and makes for a terrific reference guide for those with more serious pursuits. With that, we are very excited to bring Wendy into our discussion. Wendy Wood, welcome to Behavioral Grooves. Oh, I'm really pleased to be here. Hi, Tim. Hi, Kurt. No, thanks for being here. And Tim did not mention that your book made our top 10 list for 2019 books. So yes, we, just have to, we just have to state that as well. So <laughs> Thank you for that. Yes. I just wanted to get started with a question about habits, right? So we're stuck with all these people's intentions to do th good things, but we have lots of evidence of people disregarding things like physical distancing when it could when it could really help us when the consequences could be really high why do you think that is well habits are the things that we've practiced in the past that come to mind automatically we've done them so often they've worked for us in the past and we get rewarded when we do these things it's like think about making coffee in the morning right you walk up to your coffee machine and you just do it without having to think about what to do because you've learned the steps and you get the reward of making of, of drinking the coffee in the end. So what our minds are set up to do is to connect all of those pieces of information so that your habits are almost, you can think of them as useful shortcuts. You don't have to deliberate, okay, so do I want coffee this morning? Do I start with the filter? What do I do? We're not doing that, which is a good thing because it's early in the morning usually. Um, so all, all our habits allow us to do is they streamline. They streamline decisions. So when you're in that same context again, the response that you've practiced is what comes to mind. And that's what makes habits so hard to break. So we've all seen pictures of politicians who say, don't shake hands, 
stand six feet away from each other. We know what to do to protect ourselves and others from spreading this virus. And then in the middle of a conversation, they do just that. They shake hands or they start standing close to each other or they cough into their hands without thinking about it. And those are responses that are just automatic. It's not like they're trying to do them. In fact, they're telling all of us not to. But it gives you an idea of how resistant habits are to change once we've formed them, that we can't control them, even though we know this is a real health risk. It's a serious health risk to us and to other people. Yeah, given the state that we're in and the environment that we're in, there's obviously a lot of habits that need to be stopped. As you said, the the instances of people who talk about the the need to not shake hands and then you see them immediately after doing their speech giving their shaking their hands or I saw Prince Charles, you know, just getting out and like reaching and then stopping and then doing it like three or four times in a, in a video that just came out. But there's also new habits that need to be started in this time washing your hands more, um, you, you know, doing some different aspects of keeping apart from people. So what are some hints or ways that we can maybe better stop some of the, the bad habits that we need to distance ourselves from and, and start some of the new habits that we, we probably should be doing? Well, one of the things we know about habits is that they depend on repetition, So you're likely to form a habit when you repeat a behavior over and over. So make it easy on yourself. If you want to start washing your hands, which we all should do, on a much more regular basis, make it easy to wash hands. So I use the sink that's closest to my front door every time I walk in the house. And... I'm trying to train my husband to do just the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) And how's that going? (laughs) (laughs) That has a few more kinks in it, but (laughs) we won't go there. Um, So so when I walk into the house now, I've done it often enough so that when I walk into the house, it's the first thing I think of. Mm. And I put things down on the floor and immediately I wash my hands. That's the sort of automaticity, the sort of habitual response that we all want to create for ourselves. And another sort of a, um, a, a trick with this is to carry hand sanitizer with you, if you can find it in the stores, mm-hmm. carry hand sanitizer with you, but make it easily available, easily accessible. So if you can hang it on the outside of a briefcase or a purse, then it's always there when you need it. And we are going to need it on a regular basis now. Whenever we touch hard surfaces outside of our house, we're going to have to start using hand sanitizer. That's going to be have to become our go-to habit. Is what we're going through right now some something akin to an experiment, do you think, with uh, needing to stop old habits and start new ones? Yeah. It's such a wide-scale, broad experiment. It's, um, it's really kind of hard to know really what we're manipulating. Mm. But um, you, you can use it to your advantage. So we can develop better health habits, washing our hands regularly. We can use this as a reason to do that. 
But many parts of our routines are disrupted. They're all sort of in flux. We're doing things at home that we would never normally do, at least for those of us who don't work at home regularly. And many people have children at home on, on a much more regular basis. They have to figure out how to keep the kids in school at a distance. Lots of people are distance learning themselves now. So it's an opportunity to develop new habits around things that are important to you. And and one of the things that I've really enjoyed is there are a lot of community groups that are now sending out flyers, electronic flyers, electronic lists of where to donate blood, how to work in the food banks, meals on wheels. These are things that many of us might want to do on a regular basis, but we don't have time for. And, um, and it's not really easy always to know how. Who do I contact? How do I set this up? It's a lot of work. So some of those things are being streamlined so that it's, it's easier for us to start forming those habits of giving, giving back to the community that many of us have wanted to do all along anyway. Yeah, so so the take the opportunity of this flux in our normal routines to maybe look at what are some of the new habits and behaviors that you want to start because given your research it, it shows that again at times of transition like this this is when habits are are easy better formed right at, at at points where there's a a big change in your normal everyday life so you go back and we think about, you know, we've, we've interviewed Katie Milkman and, and Fresh Starts and various different pieces along that line as well. You kind of look at this and say, let's take this maybe and be purposeful about it. Is that one of the things that you think people could be taking out of this this whole crisis? Yeah, I do. Because our normal habits and routines are disrupted. So we have to start thinking. We can't be responding automatically anymore in the way that we usually do. And that has serious downsides, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> it can make us feel quite overwhelmed and yeah. a bit out of control. But but it also has this opportunity piece that we shouldn't lose sight of. It's hard, though, right? I, 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 it sounds like you're talking about engaging the more deliberate functions of our brain system to thinking kinds of things. That's hard for us to do that. It's fatiguing. It, it takes a lot of energy. And at the same time, we're all trying to adjust to all these new norms. Any any thoughts about how we could, well, for lack of a better word, make it easier? Yeah. So, or maybe no. <laughs> maybe do, the, do the damn work. You just got to get down and dig in. <laughs> yeah. so, so you're absolutely right. There is going to be some deliberation, thought, energy that has to be put into just everyday living in a way that we're not used to. Mm-hmm. And so we're probably going to be a little less efficient than we normally are. Our local gym has closed, and I can't go to any yoga studios here. The things that I usually do that are part of my routine that I like and that are good for me are no longer available. So you have have to (laughs) strategize and figure out how to meet your goals in new ways. 
So I do a lot of writing and I write from home. I write at school. I write in libraries. I now have to do it all here at home. And that's taken a lot of restructuring and rethinking how to do that. It sounds like you you did it at home already. So it's not the idea that it's brand new to being home, but the brand new part is this element that it is the only place that you're doing it. And I think people sometimes have this uh, expectation, well, I work from home, you know, one day a week, and so it should be easy for me. And it isn't always, because as you said, you don't have some of those other outlets or various different things. So how are you handling that? And what has, what has made that transition to be possible? Well, I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> so, As we all are. Oh, good. Not a done deal. Um, but I've been doing some research on the relationship between habits and creativity. And this sounds like it's a tangent, but it's not. Um, we usually think of our habits as sort of the opposite of creativity, of sort of the structure in our lives that might stop us from being creative or resisting sort of spontaneous, interesting, creative thoughts. But what we're finding in research is that habits actually enable creativity. So when we have people do tasks in very structured ways, creative tasks, they not only are more productive in generating more outcomes, but they're more creative outcomes. So what we're finding is that if you spend your deliberate energy on the creative part, you'll do better than if you spend it trying to figure out how you're going to structure the task, what you're going to approach first, where you're going to do it, how you're going to keep the kids working on their <laughs> projects while you work on yours. All of those things distract us from being productive. And so habits are really, I think, the bedrock of creativity. And, and this isn't news, right? If, if you talk to writers who produce lots and lots of material, what you find is that they have this very structured way of writing. Most of them write in the same place or same times of day. They might have a certain amount they produce every day, number of words, number of pages, whatever. Um, so, so this isn't like all that novel, but it is in the sense that we usually think of habits as the enemy <laughs> if we're trying to do something creative, and they're not. They're really our friends. Well, it just reminds me of uh, Mike Reed, who is a great songwriter, uh, who wrote the song, I Can't Make You Love Me, that Bonnie Raitt recorded. Uh, he, he has He's a tremendous songwriter, but he's extremely disciplined in that he gets up every day, and the first hour of his day is writing. He's just working on, and, and he, he said he's very gentle with himself to only block out an hour. Now, sometimes that leads into four hours, six hours. I mean, it's his profession. But he uses that habit of the very first thing he does to get up and to enable creativity, as you say. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. So how would you frame that for the 
big challenges that we have in re in, in readjustments that we're going through right now. Yeah, I tell people to be kind to themselves, that mm. you're probably not going to be as productive as, as you are normally because you're making all these decisions and because you're having to invest energy and thought into things that you've, you had already structured into your day, that you had routines. So you're not only... <laughs> having to figure out new ways to do things. But in a way, you're also having to rewrite the old routines that you had in your house because you're using this location to do so many new activities. Do you discern between habits and routines and the difference between what a habit is versus a routine? Or is that just semantics in your mind? Because I think a lot of people today are, are like going, well, I can establish a routine, but a habit seems like so much more work to do. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, there's actually not a clear definition in the literature. And if you listen to me, I use them sort of interchangeably. Um, habits, uh, as, they're, as they're defined, are responses that come to mind when they are cued. They come to mind automatically when mm -hmm. they're cued by the context around you or what you're typically doing. Um, sometimes routines are defined as sort of sequences of habits. So routines also have automaticity. They're automatic. They don't require as much thought as the decisions we're all making now. Yeah, I'm thinking that there's a lot of people who are thrown into this flux who are trying to, as you said, you know, kind of just tread water while all of this change is going on. And the idea of, as you said, for creativity, uh, you know, habits are, are very helpful. But I also think in just handling some of the emotional fatigue that is going on and the emotional stress that is going on, having set some clear habits or routines, however you define those uh, in your life, uh, particularly if you're not accustomed to working from home and now you're forced to do that with kids around, with your you know spouse being you know right on top of you maybe. Uh, and so establishing some of those may help with, in some of that emotional stress and, and routines as well. Um, do, do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's easy to forget the people who aren't like us and working from home, but are even even more challenged in this time <laughs> and at, mm. may not know if they have a job to go back to. Yeah. Um, people in the service industry, uh, uh, a lot of people don't know about their jobs. And so that tremendous stress makes it very difficult to think through how to form new habits that are actually going to work for people. So I am always happy when I get done with my workday and I go out and I see people with their families going for walks outside. I think that's one of the things we can give ourselves is getting away from the constant media and enjoying just being outside, getting some exercise, it gives you a sense of sort of being more free of this than you might 
sitting in front of the TV watching it or, or feeling helpless, which many people do. Well, I like the way you teed that up. You said at the end of the workday, you, you're getting out and going for a walk. Like you're bookending that, that workday, right? It, it sounds very intentional. Mm-hmm. It is. But, you know, if you do it enough, <laughs> it is now my habit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just yeah. automatically start thinking, okay, put on my walking shoes and I'm going to go outside. Yeah. yeah. So. One last question. So at, at, this will end at some point. This crisis mm-hmm. will end. We'll get back to some semblance of normalcy. Do, what what habits do you think will be continued as this goes on and as it as it ends? And, and which ones? You know, will we still elbow bump instead of handshake? Will we do things like that? And I know it's a crystal ball. I'm asking you to look at, but you know, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I think that this has been a wake-up call for many of us about health mm-hmm. and the importance of health and hygiene. So I wouldn't be surprised if there continued to be a run on hand sanitizer for quite a long time in the stores. And there wasn't a sense that people had that they needed to continue to wash their hands. So, so I think that, that may those habits may continue. It, it's hard to know what else we're going to bring away from this. Mm. As as I said, I think it's wonderful that we have community services that we can contribute to and that to the extent that we can take advantage of those and those become more part of our routine, we'll all benefit. But this is a very scary time for many people. Yeah, it is. Well, Wendy, thank you. This has been really insightful. We are so honored that you took time out of your schedule and and, and sat with us. And I know our listeners will as well. So thank you very much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Welcome to the special edition grooving session where Tim and I groove on some ideas and concepts that were inspired by our conversation with Wendy. All right, Tim. One of the things that I was inspired by was the idea that habits are hard. Yeah. We knew that. We knew that habits are hard. But particularly in this time, getting rid of those bad habits and starting new positive habits is even harder given the stress that we're under in a variety of other factors. So, Right, right. And uh, I can't avoid the opportunity to just say it was so cool to talk to Dr. Wendy Wood. <laughs> Can I just say that? Because it really was. It was really fun to uh, have a chance to to just hang out with her for a little bit. Just a tiny little amount of time was really. Yeah, just, oh, she was wonderful. She really was wonderful. So, are you are you having trouble breaking habits, uh, old old habits, or are you, or are well, you anticipating having trouble breaking old habits? So, I do know that you know I had traveled uh, like a week before this major kind of stay at home kind of thing was really being pushed Mm -hmm. and went and had a number of business meetings and people were reaching their hands out to shake. And it was a hard habit. I mean, I, I, my hand would go out automatically and then my brain would, did did you, you know, at that point I did not. Yeah, I did not, but it was one of those automatic responses. As she said, it's something that we have grown accustomed to that we have done repeatedly. And there's a, a cue, a trigger, 
mm-hmm. and then a behavior, and then you get a reward. And that reward is that feeling of shaking a hand and having that connection and feeling right. like you are part of this group. Um, so I think those habits that are hard to break really will come into play back when we get some more, when the social distancing is maybe not as dire as it is now. And will we still, will we, will we shake hands? We've talked about this on other episodes of this, but the idea of just trying to break those habits for people who have done them forever and ever and ever, it's really, really hard. So it's, I'm anticipating a lot of difficulty when it comes to family and friends. Yes. Because uh, I'm a hugger with people that I'm close to. And you I never think- give me a hug. <laughs> What's going on? Well, read between the lines there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's going to be really hard to see when we have that chance to finally socialize in person, you know, face to face, that it's going to be very difficult to not put your arms around somebody and welcome them, you know, and to, and to well, get that reward, honestly. And particularly kids. When you think about kids coming up and giving you hugs and yeah. those types of interpersonal connections that we we strive or not strive, we, we, we crave. We crave, those absolutely. Those are really, really important for us. Yeah. So. Yeah. What about new habits? Are so. You- I will, have, I will have, have to say I have been really good about <laughs> my ability to wash my hands and how I'm washing my hands. Bravo. You know, I, I, I used to, I will, I will admit I wasn't the best hand washer. I would, I would wash hands after, you know, going to the bathroom, but it was pretty perfunctory. Mm-hmm. It was literally a little bit of soap underneath the, the water, splash, 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 rinse them off, be done. And now I am. I am the 22nd plus rule, um, getting in between every crevice, going and back, getting underneath those fingernails, making sure you get your thumb, all of that. And I've been doing that really pretty good and much more frequently uh, whenever I come inside the house or actually before I go outside the house. Yeah. And, you know, having those cues to say this is a new time so or the when then statements that we've we've talked about before mm-hmm. making sure that when this happens i will do this and those are those are key times i am on the very opposite end of the spectrum of a germaphobe i grew up on a farm and yes it was it was absolutely necessary and mandatory that when we came from the barn with uh, dealing with the animals that we washed our hands. That was that was normal. But I'd be up in the, the on the hillside where the wild pears grew and just pull a wild pear and just rub it on my shirt for just a second to clean it off and then eat. That was I eat peanuts without shelling them. I'll I'll eat peanuts in the shell and I'll eat the whole shell. And Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and I am now aware of everything that goes, comes into the house. Like we're having groceries delivered now. And I'm aware of how dirty the bags might be and the <laughs> packaging. And it's, I, I'm feeling extra sensitive to everything that comes in. So Katie and I have a ritual where we're going through and we're wiping everything down uh, as it's coming out of, out of the bags before it goes on to into our pantry. 
Well, my wife just saw a video on how to make sure you unpack your groceries and, and going to a grocery store. <laughs> the idea oh, right. of we all of the it. things, which again, we talked with Rod Wagner about, right? And he kind of talked a little bit about that, but there's a whole routine that we should be doing around routines, that, yeah. a new routine around that, where it is taking the cereal and putting it into a Tupperware container and making sure you've clean that box down, making sure you leave the bags outside and, and bring in the other things and wipe them down as you do it. Variety of those factors. And I think that's going to be hard for me yeah. because I am very much just get it done as quickly as possible. And you add those extra steps in and it slows things down. I think that's going to be one of those more difficult habits to you know, adhere make to. happen. Yeah, because yeah, there's a lot of friction. And and it's really different. It's it takes mental a lot of friction. Work. Well, it, yeah. it, Aaron, my wife, was saying, look, it's an extra five or 10 minutes. And in the big scheme of things to keep ourselves <laughs> safe, is that really that big a deal? No. And in reality, no, it's not. But in just that feels, moment. In that moment, it feels like it's eternity. It's like, <laughs> can't I just put this bag into the, into the cupboard? No. No, no. <sighs> it's going to be it's going to be hard. Are there any, are there any other, uh, so those, are, I mean, washing our hands and doing things like that are good habits that we're doing, trying to, you know, make the, the new routines around packages coming in and things coming into our house. Are there habits that you've picked up that are negative at this point, Tim, that you're realizing since this crisis has happened, that you're doing things more often that you shouldn't be doing? No, actually, <laughs> I'm not. I'm aware of the touching your face thing. More. I am horrible at touching my face. Oh, I touch my are. face all the time. Everybody is. So I, I'm, and I've. I'm doing it right now. I'm looking at this video, and I have my hand on my on my chin. One of the things about the video conferencing, because we have that picture of ourselves there, you don't realize how often you touch your face, except for when you start watching yourself and you're going, oh, crap, I'm touching my face every two minutes, if not more. More frequently. But if you're you're in your office, you're not bouncing in and out of your office to a corner grocery store and doing it, right? When you come back from the store, you've clean up. So right, I, but the the realization of this is that again, how much of this is automatic and we don't even oh, yeah. it doesn't get to our consciousness. So I'm running to the corner store. How many times am I just touching my face without knowing that I'm touching my face in those situations? Now you try to be more vigilant. You try yes, to be yes. on your best behavior in those instances, but that's a hundred percent attention and focus. And that's really hard. Mm -hmm. You know, Rod Wagner talked about wiping down his, his steering wheel and, you know, changing gloves and doing all these different things. And I'm like, oh, my God, you are amazing because there's no way that I could <laughs> be that vigilant. I'm not that, that, that isn't my personality type. And so I find those things hard. Well, maybe you'll just be a good co you'll be a good host for the coronavirus thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to be a good host. Well, actually, yeah. Anyway, we won't go there. The other thing that I've realized is I am on Twitter oh. a lot more mm. than I was before this. And again, 
We've talked about this in other episodes. This crisis is just tailor-made to capture our attention and to drive the need to kind of see what's next, what's new, giving us those little updates, what's changed in the last hour, because it does change hour by hour, and just keep going on and reading without really being intentional about it, that you just get caught up in it. And I really do need to do a better job of batching my time, as Caroline Webb said, of making sure that I set aside, all right, yeah, it's important to catch up. So do that 10 minutes in the morning, maybe 10 minutes midday, maybe 30 minutes, give myself a little bit of time to just veg out over social media at night. But that's hard, particularly when you have to get on social media for work, when it's part of the way that you are advertising uh, and communicating out some of the the things that you're doing, trying to promote the business that you're doing or you, a you podcast be, per se. Right. Yeah, you have to be on Twitter from time to time because of that. Yeah. And so then you're doing it for work and then you get caught up in seeing all the other stuff that's going on. It's one of the things I need to work on. <laughs> yeah. But Mr. Perfect over there, you, well, you know. I, I just haven't picked up any more bad habits. <laughs> I've got plenty to go through, but I just haven't picked up any more, at least not yet. All There's right. Still time. There's still what time. Else, what else from Wendy's conversation did you find fascinating? I want to switch over to her discussion about habits and creativity, about how habits don't crowd out creativity. It reminded me of the work that Teresa Mobley has done and on, on creativity and uh, rewards and all that kind of stuff. And some of the best literature on innovation has come from studies done on integrating not just habits, but formalizing processes and strategies around innovation into into the corporate world so that it's very intentional and that it's very regular. And it's not just a, oh my gosh, I've got a good idea. Because those things happen, but they happen a lot less when you're not focused on them, when you're not actually being intentional about it. And she, Wendy did a great job of bringing that to the forefront of saying we can have habits around creativity we can and in this time of crisis we can have a habit around getting into into a creative process we're going to block out 30 minutes a day and do some chalk drawing or do some pencil sketching or uh, wander around in the backyard and sing whatever it is we can be intentional about that and still enjoy the creative process well The piece about that that I really liked is I think in this time with the emotional stress that we are under, Mm. the idea of having a creative outlet and making sure that we are having a routine about that so it isn't just happenstance that we are doing it on a regular and consistent basis is good for our mental health. It is positive. You and your music, you know, I like to read. I like to be outside those things we need to do and we need to create these routines around those so that they don't get crowded out. And the fact of the matter is, it's just, I thought was really interesting about how she talked about this is if you're trying to be creative and you have a phone ringing here and you know the kid's doing something there and you're not necessarily in the same spot that you had been in the past, you still, you, you need to have boundaries around that. And those boundaries allow you to be more creative and maybe setting up those specific times to say, 
this is the time that I need to do this. And, you know, this is a non-negotiable thing. And so I'm not to be uh, disrupted in this unless, you know, life or limb is on on the line. Yeah. In another part of the conversation, uh, when he talked about the catastrophic fresh start, we can use the the crisis in a really powerful way to, I'm, I'm tying this in, just hang with me here. I'm tying this in about being intentional, right? <laughs> that, yes. That, that we have to, and, and this brings back comments from Caroline and Rod and lots of people that we've talked to recently about intentionality and being deliberate, engaging our deliberate thinking, engaging a new, fresh perspective to say, I could do things differently. Allow the crisis to actually be a fresh start for us rather than just chaos is such a wonderful way of thinking about it. And bringing some creativity into our lives to soothe the stress yeah. To help ameliorate that stress is such a great idea, such a terrific idea. I mean, it can get it can be this negative feedback loop because stress, help, you know, stops us from being um, creative and also forming new habits. And so, this idea of building up habits in order to be creative, which helps reduce the stress, is a good thing. So, I think we have a lot to do and to learn. But I think we can, and I think if you, as you said, if we're intentional, then we are going to be much better at this than just letting life come at us and us responding to every tweet that's out there, every new response, every new demand that comes in is setting up these routines and setting up these schedules and whatever else it would be in order to build our habits. Thank you for listening to the special episode of Behavior Grooves. We hope that you found it interesting and insightful. If you liked it, please let others know. We think that the topic is important and maybe we can help in educating people about how behavioral science can help us all out in this current craziness that we are going through. Also, please let us know if you have any thoughts or ideas that would be helpful or that we could share. You can reach us through the Connect tab on the Behavior Grooves website at www.behavioralgrooves.com or through Twitter. I'm at T. Houlihan and Kurt is at What Motivates. We really do love hearing from you. And this topic is one that spurs lots of emotions and thought. As part of our mission, we want to expand and inform the community of people who think about positively applying behavioral science to life. One way that happens is through leaving reviews. If you think this podcast is beneficial and should grow, we would really appreciate to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast server you use. It only takes a few minutes and goes a long way to boost us in the algorithms that are used to generate search results. Also, please check out the show notes. We are linking to a number of resources articles, podcasts, newsletters that we vetted to bring good facts and ideas around COVID-19 and the coronavirus, its impact and ways that we can help slow down the spread. There is a lot of information that's being pushed out to everyone each day, and we are weeding through it to find good stuff so that you don't have to. We truly appreciate you listening. Now go out and wash your hands. 